welcome to another episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. Once again, my name is Pearson. Once again, I've got Zach with me. Hello, Zach. How are you? I'm good. It's a little bit warmer out. It's feeling like spring. <laughs> you know, it's March is approaching, our favorite month for basketball and Aww. other spring sports. And football <laughs> is recruiting the entire, you know, offensive line transfer portal. Uh, so, yeah, well. plenty to talk about in the world of uh, the Wahoos, um, for sure, in the middle of a up and down basketball season that's, I guess, just going to um, continue to bounce between wins and losses in yep. uh, consistent fashion. Uh, let's see, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine wins losses in a row that have alternated yeah. and before that they went one two three four five six so yeah. other than a, a quick two game win streak against Syracuse and Clemson that's what we've been faced with for the past few months uh, as Virginia fans but you know it's not without its highs obviously it could be worse they're sitting at um, sixth in the conference which is sort of still right there in shooting distance of that top four seed that we've been talking about. Um, but the problem, of course, that we di- discussed at great length last episode is that the schedule uh, is really picking up uh, because the Who's have Miami and uh, at Duke next. So if you can split those games, I think, you know, we're sort of continuing to have that. Well, maybe they still have a shot at uh, top four. Oddly enough, I clicked on the, you know, the Miami game uh, on ESPN and they do their little uh, basketball power index predictor has a 68% chance of Virginia winning. Yeah. Explain that. I feel like you get like plus 15% for like Tony Bennett or something. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. It's like over Laranaga. They're like, okay, well. Um, But yeah, I mean, these two games – you win one, you hope it's Duke on the road just for the mm-hmm. sake of like a tournament resume. Um, like, you know, in sort of in terms of like bad losses, like they're not going to lose any games. Like, okay, if you lost to Georgia Tech, that would stink. Louisville would stink. But like, they're not going to have such bad losses that that's going to keep them out. At this point, it's about winning. You know, like it's it's no longer about avoiding yeah, the bad stuff because there's just right. been plenty of that. Like that's just going to fall into the background. <laughs> They've already got those quad right. losses. Like there's, right. You know, it's fine. It's move on. Um, but yeah, I mean, these two games, it, it, it's weird how this schedule works. It goes Miami, Duke, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, um, and then Miami, Duke again. Right. So, you know, it's going to be tough, um, but and it's an important stretch here. Yeah, and you know, if they split it, um, you know, I guess we can update next week where they where they are uh, officially in the ACC standings. But you know, at seven and five right now, uh, the fourth team is Notre Dame, who they really they really could have beaten. Who's <laughs> sitting at seven and three? Fifth team is Wake Forest, who obviously drubbed the Who's. Um, they're sitting at seven and four. Who's there at seven and five, right? So, you know, a couple games go your way that don't go your way for FSU, Wake, and Notre Dame. And you're right there with the double buy uh, for tournament week. I don't know, Zach, with these um, p- past games, of course, with our up and downs, we've got uh, last night's Boston College victory and then that tough road loss that 
Um, they only lost by four yeah. in South Bend, but that's because they made a little run right at the end. So it was yeah. close. And then they let it get away from them late and then very late, you know, cut it to a couple possessions, but um, obviously couldn't get the miracle, which, you know, really yeah. would have taken. Gosh, they could have won that game at Notre Dame. And uh, the Boston College game was not enjoyable to watch. No, no. <laughs> so, it was both know. those games just didn't feel good. And not that, and I know that that's like, you know, very subjective, but um, <laughs> that Notre Dame game was rough. And it's weird to look back and be like four point loss to a decent Notre Dame team. Mm-hmm. Sort of like somebody tweeted this or, or replied to me on Twitter or something. And so I don't think we've, UVA's beaten a team above them in the ACC standings mm-hmm. um, yet this season while sort of beating up on those below them. A right. little bit. So they sort of are middle of the road. You right. know, it's like that's <laughs> like, the definition of right. mediocrity. You know, like that just sort of like how it goes. And obviously it makes sense. But um yeah. So so you know, it's sort of like can they like w- the last game that they won where you were like, okay, um, you know, quality good win was probably like beating Clemson by 10. I, yeah. I don't even know. Like, I mean, Providence, obviously you go back to the beginning of the season, but it's just, you know, what have we done against sort of that like top competition? They should have beat Wake Forest, you know, Carolina yeah. was no contest. And then you just got to yeah. keep going yeah. back and farther back. Um, I mean, I'll give them credit for handling Louisville. Um, they yeah. blew a big lead, yeah. but then blow the lead completely, you know, yeah. it's and, comfortable. And- Louisville's not a obviously they have a, a ton of issues, including the amazing uh, job the referees gave them against Carolina last night. But yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. I mean, I, obviously, I think the best win since the Providence game, of course, is the at Clemson win, yeah. like you said. Yeah. Um, you know, you wish it, Tech was, but they're not. Yeah, exactly. They're... And and you know, road wins against Pitt. Any road win is good, but they, you know this Notre Dame game was a missed opportunity, as all yeah. of these losses are, of course. But really, the you know the, just the way that they 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 played well and just couldn't hit enough shots. You got to hit shots, right? Um, but right. particularly the three point shooting was abysmal. They went three for fourteen with Franklin yeah. and Kihei both going one for five. Uh, yep. Beekman went one for three. I, I think, you know, one of those one for five, I think it was Kihei who hit a late one um, to, to try and force the miracle. Just shooting in general, Franklin really struggled two for 11. Um, Gardner buoyed the team with 10 field goals and 22 points. So it's nice to see him back to uh, his strong contributions. Um, you know, he did right. similarly, although more so from the free throw line uh, against Boston College with 17 points. Clark had yeah. a much better game against Boston College. Of course, he yeah. brought a really impressive 10 for 10 from free throw, uh, but four for seven from shooting for 19 points. So shot better against BC. Just sort of, um, you know, why I said it wasn't fun to watch. It was just, uh, you know, that overused slugfest term. Um, right. It's just sort of physical and like annoying that they they couldn't stretch out the lead until yeah um, until they did a couple shots yeah. worse than the in the second half. But you know, I, mean, I give BC credit because they they hustled but they played hard i know this all sounds cliche but i I think when you watch boston college you see a team that is giving the maximum output for the roster that they've got going and i think the who's do sort of similarly um you know i like we said every week like the shots aren't falling they're playing their asses off you know i don't think anyone could watch this team and go gosh they seem uh just you know like they don't care yeah Yeah, they haven't bought it you know so at the very least, that's a good sign because, 
you know, the, the, the team is obviously well coached. Uh, we know the, the, the resume of, of coach Bennett. Um, it's just sort of a, a roster influx of uh, uh, lack of shooting performance. So hopefully we repeat ourselves every week. Hopefully is solved by the, the class coming in. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, I think sort of almost a difference in obviously Boston College wasn't as good as Notre Dame, but the mm-hmm. difference in those two outings was, you know, against Boston College, if you only took seven threes, and that, yeah. those were between Kihei yeah. and Armon. So they were three for seven, but even when they were making some shots compared to what, like 14 against Notre Dame, mm-hmm. um, they've been able to rely on some of those inside guys and obviously Gardner, but also um, I feel like Poppy and Caden have almost like rotated off having double figure games, mm-hmm. um, which has been big. And, and, you know, Poppy had a double double against, um, against Notre Dame. And, and those guys have just been a little bit, I mean, they've buoyed this team in a lot of ways, you know, like yeah. when Reese isn't scoring Reese is over three, seven assists, but over three last night, you need Caden and obviously you need Armand to hit a couple of shots, but yeah. those guys when honestly going into the year, it's like, are you really going to be relying on Poppy and Caden down the stretch <laughs> to be giving you offense? You could say, okay, maybe one of them has a breakout year. They've both been much better than what we've seen with them previously. Caden near to nothing Poppy, you know, just spurts, but sure. you know, those two guys have been very key and, and probably underratedly. So just because, it, you know, bigs aren't going to put you over the top. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they're not going to like per, put you like into that conversation. They're just, unless they're elite, you need guards in college basketball right. to actually win games. Um, but those guys have been really, really key and really, I mean, Poppy, his back to the basket game is, is something that honestly, I don't think we've seen in a long time, not even from Gardner, just to like, I'm bigger, stronger than you, mm-hmm. and I'm just mm-hmm. going to get to my spot and be able to shoot the mm-hmm. ball. And because I know what I'm doing, it's likely going to go in. You know, I mean, obviously he yeah. has his fair share of misses, but um, Poppy's given that. And then and then Caden's been – he had a down game against Notre Dame. Um, but, you know, largely he's come on in, in ACC play. And the flashes so, are there, yeah. Right, right, the flashes are there. Um, they're both really frustrating, though, too. I think so they're when both you say, also like, really why it's, uh, right, right. Uh, you know, under the radar or not as hyped up is because there's still plenty of, like, missed bunnies in there. You know, no, exactly. Too, no, so. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. I mean, yeah. And, and that, that just defines his team. You know, like, there's so, no one yeah, that exactly. you look at and you're like, yeah. we're getting 13 from them every night. Yeah. Nobody, not even yeah. Gardner. I mean, Gardner, if anything, just because of the volume of time, you know, he's just going to shoot a lot. Gardner's a good candidate for that, but right, yeah, right. it's but, nice to have seen these past two games and perform yeah. that way. For and, sure. and for what it's worth, like, you know, this is a stat, they, uh, they've had three straight games of four double digit scores, which mm. I feel like under Tony Bennett is fairly rare. I'd need Danny Neckel to check me on that. Um, but that's something. And it just means that they're playing team ball and people are getting involved. Um, and, you know, and with Reese and Kihei as sort of that double point guard thing, you can get different people going and you have the guards to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they took care of business against Boston College. Like that was all they needed to do. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they talked about like, you know, blue collar game and whatnot. And, and they won and you just move on. I mean, 
they, they but, but yeah you gotta yeah. be you gotta find something against Miami and Duke and yeah. it's it could get ugly quick in those two games yeah yeah I mean clearly the rotation is now um other than the you know two two big guys uh alternating who's starting and it's right. really just Statman is the rest of the uh the bench play i mean tane murray came in for a minute uh literally uh yeah. against notre dame and and I, Sat, satman's probably the most frustrating guy to watch um out there he had three steals last night looking at the and box two score, you know yeah. yes and obviously that's why he's out there is because he brings right. a little more size and they trust him a little more on defense um yeah. there's some head scratching plays where he's just sort of looking a little lost offensively um and every once in a while shows some three-point shooting ability so i don't know it doesn't uh the, the rotation seems set and it's like we've got yeah. what we got you know the, that's what they're gonna go with um I, we'll, we'll see how it continues i mean speaking of that that miami prediction i just pulled up ken palm right now they also or he also predicts a win um for the who's against miami so that would be huge i mean you look at what miami's done recently um, most recently, they beat Georgia Tech in Atlanta. They barely beat the Hokies on a, a hilarious miracle um, yeah. half-court shot. In Blacksburg, they've lost two one-point games to FSU, and they absolutely destroyed UNC. So clearly yeah. that UNC game was their most impressive performance and sort of speaks, I think, to you know UNC having this very up-and-down year where they look like world beaters. Yeah. Some games certainly did against the Who's, um, and then just completely don't show up for other games, which I think any yeah. Carolina fans would say is what happened against the Canes. So yeah. I Miami's, guess that's what you're saying. You lose a couple of one-point games to a pretty mediocre FSU team on the yeah. road. You're not uh, but a, a, necessarily going to be favored. Right. I mean, yeah, Miami's definitely had their – they've come back to earth a little bit. You know, they mm-hmm. had like a – I don't know, nine, 10 game winning streak in there, beat Duke by two, mm-hmm. um, took care of business against some decent teams. Um, but yeah, you know, they're a little bit more, you know, a- after those FSU losses. And I mean, they should have beaten yeah, after beating UNC by what was it like 28? You, you should probably beat mm-hmm. Georgia Tech a little bit. I mean, it was on the road. So 11 points <laughs> is a solid win, but don't mean to nitpick. But, you know, they, uh, <laughs> And they've, they've got a game against Notre Dame tonight. We're recording on Wednesday. So, right, right. you know, that that game will be probably telling of, of where this that team is um, going into Saturday. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're talented. Like, that, that, that is sort of, like, just the first thing that comes to yeah. mind when you think of that group. Um, and it's the and, guards. I mean, McGutsy right, exactly. uh, and Wong are their leading scorers. I would say, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's so easy to say best players. Mm-hmm. Um Charlie Moore is no slouch either, and they run that uh, all three of them. And that's who's leading the team in scoring. We got right. Wong and Moore on the on the wings, so right. um, it'll be a tough task. But uh, Vegas is smarter than me, so let's see what the spread looks like. Uh, <laughs> and, and apparently, the robots think the Who's are going to pull out uh, a close win. So you do that, and as we assume, you, you'll probably drop the game in Cameron Indoor. Um, yeah, you know, you're sitting where you are, which is still within uh, a puncher's chance of, of getting that double buy. So yeah. we shall see. But I, you know, I, I don't want to really just rehash the same points over and over again about like the team. You know, we yeah. we, we know it's either going to 
be a good night or a bad night and that tends to alternate and we know what it depends upon um but you know we're here to talk about these recent games and you're only listening because you want to listen about these recent games so it's just sort of a similar refrain as we get through uh, the heart of this acc play but we can uh, oh, you know what? Before we move on to basketball at, or from basketball, I did have a, a quick question for you. Um, Zach, you tweeted not long ago about the press box, press row experience um, in the JPJ with Coach Bennett. I would love to hear you extrapolate a little bit about how that's been uh, and some takeaways. So specifically, just like as a, as a journal, Big J yeah. journalist. What's it the- been like being the Big J in the room? Yeah, it's been it's been fun. I mean, I, I think the tweet you mentioned is I said something along the lines of just Tony Bennett makes you feel like, you know, I'm quite young for that room, especially. Um, so, you know, but 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 Tony, he's he's great. I mean, Tony he, doesn't make you feel young. You're saying <laughs> Tony doesn't make me feel young. He makes me feel like I belong there despite um, when, being despite te- being young, technically um, young. <laughs> yeah. tech. Yeah. So, you know, he he's fantastic. You know, there's there's you know, it's a good group of, of you know, media folk uh, in that room <laughs> who, who look out for me and point out when I'm doing something stupid and, and along the, not just is things there, I can do better, is which there is a always decorum, a like faux pas that, that, that you've run into like, Oh, look, I mean, he gets I, I that think, chair. <laughs> oh, oh, definitely. Oh, absolutely. There are first row people and I am not one of them. And that's fine by me. I'm yeah. not trying to take anybody's seat who's been there for decades on decades. Um, I'm very comfortable in my little third row seat. I have some space oh, to yeah. spread out. I sit yeah. next to Brad. Um, nice. It's great, you know, and then Brad and I will like make sure that we're not about to ask the same question. And, 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 and Brad, that's good. Is very very funny um, and and keeps me uh, I, down to earth a bit. I which could is that would be soon. my greatest fear in that situation is I would be so stressed oh, it's, out about it's the horrible. question I was going to ask. I would I would zone out and not pay attention yeah. to other people's questions and just ask the same thing. So don't oh, no, do yeah. that, or I'll feel embarrassed. I need to have you. like four questions. Yeah, because obviously I am not the priority when. You know, it goes Jeff White, it's Mike right. Barber, it's obviously Jerry Ratcliffe, right. um, you know, Greg Madia, if, if AP and Washington Post are there, you know, it's Gene Wang. So obviously those people are going to ask questions before me and that is deserved, um, but it, it makes you hone things a little bit more and it, it makes <laughs> you think and it makes you have to, to be on your toes. There was one, this is, I think it's the first game that I, after I came back from winter break and Eric Bacher, the, uh, the SID, uh, you know, great great guy, um, very intelligent and has helped me out with things when I mess up. Um, but he, I, I had the microphone in my hand and I think it was Caden for the presser. And, um, I'd asked a question and I was just sort of like, I wasn't paying attention. I was like tweeting or something. And then it goes, okay. And Zach's got one more. And I had no question, nothing. I was just, I'd already asked my question. Caden has, cool yeah yeah I, I i basically was like huh what and i like blanked for two seconds and then regurgitated a question i asked like tony or yeah, something yeah. nice um and so yeah it's, it's nice to get hazed right. a little bit makes you feel and, yeah, and it's been yeah. fun like i i just got like learning from people like barber um right. Madi, like people who know how to ask questions and that's really right. the best part of it is just right. like seeing how the pros do it in person and sort of like 
seeing how they do it because they, they, that's sort of the experience that's that's really awesome about it so it, it's been fun and i appreciate you asking about it yeah man no i appreciate you sharing i'm sorry for the digression folks but i bet you're interested in hearing this too uh, if you're listening to this so um of course it is also national signing day national second national signing day now that there are two per cycle for yeah. the uh, football team so um we did want to mention i mean you there wasn't a ton of news for the who's uh, per se because they got most of the class either wrapped up or decommitted <laughs> during the early signing period. Um, they've got two guys that are already enrolled who are two of the better um, recruits in the, uh, in the class with Davis Lane, a quarterback and I would say even more importantly, C.B. Brazy, the linebacker. Um, the highest ranked guy is, is a guy named Dakota Twitty. If you are on the social media um, for Virginia fans and, and Virginia sports, you've probably run into He's all over uh, Twitter and uh, I think Instagram about the who's in this uh, recruiting class. So I think he's going to be a fan favorite shortly but the big news recently and this week has been incoming transfers and the fact that they've gotten uh, roughly 45 commitments in a row from offensive linemen so we saw a lot of decommitments and uh, i guess more volume from people who uh, transferred out to go play their extra graduate year of eligibility somewhere else and that hit the O-line, uh, yeah. not just starters, but depth as well. And so, they, you, know, you know, the new coaching staff has been filling in um, some gaps there with guys who, you know, bring, uh, I would say, D1 profiles. You know, there's always going to be a stretch late in the game when you look at, say, uh, offers from other schools and, and things like that and uh, might not be. Uh, the, the the blue chip uh, four star five star guys that that you know get the headlines, but keep in mind when it comes to offensive linemen doing well at the University of Virginia on the football team, rarely has that been the blue chip guys. It's right. more often than not like the bottom of the rankings uh, guys that they're finding these good measurables or good traits. And and you know I know this is previous coaching staffs for the most part. Although of course we we do have the retention of the O line coach, so there is some hope there. Uh, you know to turn a guy into an All American center. Um, yeah. like, like the guy who left for, for Michigan. Um, and similarly with these diamond, the roughs, like, you know, type of, uh, uh, recruits, that's going to take a while. You got to fill in the space with, um, transfers coming in who are a little more game ready. And they've done right. that, uh, with two D linemen, two offensive linemen and a wide receiver. Um, the, so the mo most importantly, I think it's fair to say is the offensive linemen who are both tackles from, uh, you know, good academic schools in uh, Dartmouth and uh, Georgetown, I believe, John Paul Flores and Mac Hollensteiner. So if you're following all this, you know, I know I'm rattling off a lot of names, but I think the t main takeaway is sort of regrouping with some of the personnel that uh, lost, they lost yeah. from uh, the transition and getting geared for next year while keeping together what you can as far as like you know, building depth in a roster in year run one, which is about yeah. as all as you can expect. Oh, and the number one ranked kicker in the country, <laughs> Will <laughs> Better Beverage, which ask Bengals fans, is it important to, you know, invest yeah. in good ki kicking? And they get a lot of grief 
uh, in the draft for uh, uh, drafting a kicker and turns out he's, you know, uh, winning games for them on the, on the way to their Super Bowl runs. So, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, uh, that's a reason to be excited, right? Exactly. Exactly. I'm for it. For sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to see uh, Mr. Mr. Good to Jake going to work uh, mm. offensive line coach. You know I mean? He is, he's the architect of, of what, you know, we've come to expect from a Virginia offensive line and mm-hmm. the success that they've had over recent years. I think, you know, it's a, it's a bummer to lose Jason Beck, but frankly, 2J might be the most important potential retention. And obviously they got Hakens back and I don't mean to, um, you know, to, to push him to the side by any means, he's just fantastic. But um, for this roster right now, you need to patch up that offensive line because we're not in a year, we're not in a typical year one under a new head coach. Like I think everyone true, true. is aware of the potential of this team. If for no other reason, than you have Brandon Armstrong on the roster. Um, obviously there's holes to fill in the offensive line. Obviously the defense is going to have to be much improved. Um, and you have, and you do lose a couple of offensive weapons while retaining some key ones. You know, th- th- this is just like a, this is not a year to sort of like play the kids and go, you know, and, and sort of know that you're building towards something. It, it's, yeah. it's a weird it's a weird year in a lot of ways. It's sort of like, it feels like, you know, it, it's almost just like a Elliot is like the grad transfer coming in to like, you know, help out this, you know, this very complete team um, potentially make a run at something because yeah. I think we all know, obviously the the schedule came out um, I just two nights ago, I think. And, and looking at that schedule, I, I mean, I think we noted it, it's definitely probably backloaded a little bit, just like last year was maybe not to the same extent, but there are wins there. Like there's sure. legitimately cases like, you know, I think there's a real case to have them go to start three and oh, you know, old dominion, uh, no Richmond, uh, mm-hmm. Illinois, then old dominion. Um, obviously Illinois is on the road. They, they got better as the season went on last year. I think they ended up beating Penn state. They if did. I'm remembering in, that correctly. In like 10 like overtimes. overtimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's opportunities to win games there and, and be, you know, potentially win the coast. So, you know, you look at you look at Pitt, you look at UNC, both schools that lost quarterbacks, you know, and, and True. you have to be, I mean, obviously Louisville has Cunningham coming back, um, but you got to be confident just in, in sort of like that raw assessment that they've got a shot at making a run here. And, you know, Tech obviously has Pry coming in first year. They probably are in a worse position than we are at the moment. Um, hard Certainly to say. at the quarterback position. Certainly at the quarterback position. Um so it's exciting just because it doesn't feel like we're going to have to go through the growing pains that we went through at the beginning of the Bronco era. Maybe 2023 is that year, you know, yeah. once we sort of lose some of those weapons, like, you know, Wicks moves on, Keaton moves on, all of those those carryovers. Yeah. But for now, there's not, like, you can get excited about this, and that's, long story short, why it's so important that this offensive line comes together right. a little bit with those transfers. Right. They, you're not going to get the success that you have under uh, with Armstrong right. without a great line, uh, exactly. not a slight, but everyone knows that, right? Like you need right. a great line to, to have a great offense. Um, it'll be interesting to see not only how, how well a new line does, but what they're trying to do in offense. You know what I mean? Like you've got such a a prolific, but very unique uh, scheme under Robert and I, 
I don't think it's going to be a a repeat of that, but what can you take from that uh, and strengths, you know, for instance, I'm thinking like you got to run a shotgun offense, run an Armstrong at these wide receivers, but then you say, okay, but does that hurt our ability to run the ball? We want to focus more on running the ball and be a balance. So these are a thousand things we're going to see you know, tried and answer in spring ball. Um, we do have the, the spring game date announced and I, I know they're um, working on bringing like a big sort of alumni movement to, you know, kickstart yeah. this new regime and, and, and get the fan base energized uh, there. And that'll be the first time we really get to see what exactly they're going to try and do uh, with yeah. Armstrong. And speaking of which, they did sign two quarterbacks in this class too, but these are guys who were recruited uh, for the previous regime too. So you right. wonder what amount of overlap in that type of scheme that yeah. we don't know. Football player mold. Is, exactly. Right. Is that going to fit? Wow. Are they going to use Keaton? You know, I mean, Keaton's obviously really capable of just being a really nice big wide receiver target, sort of yeah. a pseudo tight end target, really. Yeah. Um, I, it, it, you know, it'll be it'll be fun to hopefully watch. You know, best case scenario, of course, is that they're really good. There's no reason to think um, that they can't get there. It's just a lot it has to go right. So. You know, <laughs> we'll see. You know that 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 schedule uh, sets up for uh, November disappointment if they aren't really good. Is that what I'll leave? Yeah. But maybe right. they will be really good, and maybe uh, maybe things will work out. Um, I do want to also note that the uh, highest rated O lineman in the incoming class was one of these. A streak of I mean, it was legitimately seven or eight commits in a row that were offensive linemen in the last month, you know, so yeah. and really just a few weeks. Um, but a, a guy goes by Snoop. Uh, I'm not going to butcher his first name. I'll try his last name. We're going to go a ma a ma a ma a ma a ma. It's a m a a m a. I don't know how to pronounce that. A ma a ma. Let's go with that. A ma a ma. I don't know. Anyway, um, he's out of Utah. Uh, which is interesting to me because, you know, he's a, yeah. a pretty highly rated guy from that BYU region and, yeah. and the, you know, the former coaching staff. And um, I mean, obviously probably speaks to his relationship with, with coach 2J, but he saw what UVA was offering with this new staff uh, and said, yeah, this is still, this is the place for me. So maybe yeah. there'll be some more uh, connections like that, uh, you know, as, as 2J still works here. Um, but the big, the big takeaway from everything that's come out of coach Elliott's mouth has been locked down the Commonwealth of Virginia. So yeah, be more exciting, hopefully next to go around. Not that we're not happy for the guys who are coming in, of course. And it does, right. like we've said, fill in some much needed holes, but, uh, as far as you're, you're not going to look at, uh, ACC team rankings of recruits and, and, and be excited there, which is probably not that big of a deal is sort of my point, but right. And you need Elliot to go after his own guys. Like, of course. you know, the, it, it's uh, obviously the, the commits they've had recently aren't Elliot guys. Um, but if it's offensive lineman, it's it's 2J, who's just not, not that it, it's not Elliot, but you, you want a full class for him to sort of start getting those guys in yeah. there. And obviously, that's going to be a while until those guys are really, you know, the program, um, you know, just because that's obviously the common talking point when there's mm-hmm. a new coach. Um, but fortunately the foundation is there for Elliot, you know, and, and it's just nice to see them 
getting some wins, even if it isn't sort of the um, high profile blue chip guys. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see them some rack things up and, and, and bring guys in and it only points towards future success. So, you know, yeah. that's all you can hope for. And, and, you know, early successes are signs of more to come, hopefully. And there's a lot of potential for these, you know, high right. three-star guys coming in. Exactly. So, so, I mean, exactly. this kid, Sean Wilson is a receiver out of Brooklyn is six, five, uh, big, tall receivers have done pretty well here recently. Yeah. <laughs> and none of those were, you know, Uber rated recruits. So yeah. um, I think, I, I hope I'm not wrong on this, but I think the deal with Wilson is the uh, schoolie place where the, 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 there's not a whole lot of like competition against other future D1 guys. And that may have hurt his uh, overall rankings uh, and profile yeah. there. Um, another guy at linebacker, Trey McDonald is also very active on the social media. It seems like a, an immediate like UVA guy, you know, um, right. that, that you always want in the uh, linebacking core. They seem to always play, you know, maybe that Zane's and your type. I don't know. Um, but I would have said the same about Wes Weeks and he now plays for LSU. So um, yeah. maybe my first impressions aren't always uh, uh, the best there. I think it all speaks to who the hell knows but there you have it is your recruiting wrap up uh, shall we talk a little lax bro? down i i uh Ra? yeah <laughs> you like that broheim <laughs> two-time uh, national defending champs bro yeah yeah man media so, day coach lars yeah, yeah it was it was it was fun this is uh this is my first time uh talking to lars working as a official capacity as a lacrosse media member you know caroline picked me up at the dorm drove me <laughs> over you know gave me a packed lunch oh uh, yeah it's very sweet Excellent. um so uh and th th that was a lot of fun we talked to lars talked to matt more a couple other people you know nice. unofficially and whatnot but um you know it, it's it's exciting and and i think uh not to you know trash on the basketball team or anything but it's it's nice to sort of have that national contender vibe the like you know number one coming in i mean i just got my my dad actually just texted me a picture the inside inside lacrosse is like the source for college lacrosse sure. news the inside lacrosse magazine cover is connor schellenberger this year there you, you go. know and, and it's just like you know you know uva is the face of college lacrosse at the moment and that's awesome um and they've you know should have a lot of success coming their way uh, we went to a scrimmage um against the they scrimmage navy and lynchburg this weekend um, I stuck around for the Navy game and they obliterated them 21 to seven. It was more like 21 to three or four. And the Navy put in a couple of goals against the reserves to make it look a little bit more respectable. Okay. Um, okay. You, you hate know. the military academies. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I mixed up Navy and army and, and Caroline oh, no. was not happy with. Yeah. Yeah. You say one great. has boats. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, it was more so the rosters. They but, just didn't yeah. bring the boats to the lacrosse right. field. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. I was, I got lost. Well, they've got um, air force up next. So now exactly. that's planes, but I don't know if you know this, Zach, but the Navy has a lot of planes too. Yeah. It's confusing. Yeah. It is yeah. confusing. <laughs> like, and then what is the national guard exactly? Do they have I don't a, know. You know. Um, but yes, uh, back to the team, uh, <laughs> they look great. Uh, you know, they're clicking. It, it's a definite like number one team coming into the year. Yeah. And, you know, they just look better than Navy. They just look <laughs> just far superior. They're going to look better than most teams, which is no, awesome. I, no, right? I, it just, you know, the, everything is working, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love it. So, yeah. So, so they've, they've got a good chance, you know, they've got, a. Uh, 
Air Force and then High Point. And Air and Force I, is the opener. It's not an exhibition. Air Force, right? is, yeah. the, Air Force is the opener. All right. Um, High Point's a good team. Yeah. Saturday at 1 p.m. leading into a 5 p.m. basketball game. Great day, UVA Sports. Pow, pow. Um, yeah. So so that'll be fun. And, uh, you know, Klockner's going to have fans again. And, and you know, with a venue Love like it. that, it deserves it. So, yeah, lacrosse is going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, with the, I mean, you know, it opens this weekend, so we can hit some schedule highlights um, for the. It, it's always nice to see Hopkins on the schedule. Yeah, got um, them back, and yeah. they've got Syracuse and Charlotte. So that's, I, I would say, usually my favorite game every year is always going to yeah. be. Yeah, we lost like both to them last year, mm-hmm. which yeah, but uh, on the road, I think against Maryland potentially in DC Evil, as a rematch. Stinky Maryland. Yeah, no playing. one likes Maryland. I like Gosh. beating them in national championship games. Though. Yeah, it's always fun. Two in the last decade. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Richmond coming to uh, – no, they're going to Richmond. They're playing at Richmond. Yeah, yeah. Always good to to see the in-state schools. Uh, and they're playing uh, later in the year. Oh, they play Syracuse twice. So they, there is a yeah, – Yeah, so they play – they play, um, I believe, Syracuse and UNC twice, UNC twice. in place of yep. an ACC tournament. Um, oh, that, that was well. That was yeah. So that was the system last year. In order just for COVID, they didn't mm-hmm. want to have to put on a tournament. And I think essentially, um, ACC coaches were like, "This is honestly better. We get more ACC. You know, we get you guaranteed those two extra games rather than you know gotcha. one in the tournament. And it's just, I think, more so just like." there's a regular season champion do you really need an acc right. tournament right before and it's like okay it's five teams so that makes weird. perfect sense all right yeah well um, i heard so, it here first there's no more yeah. acc lacrosse tournament and for good reason um but it, it should be an exciting year for the who's who um oh you know those february games are always so cold but they're fun yeah they've been, they've been some the, really the good heater. ones over the year yeah we're hoping for the heater in the press box early on we'll oh, see what okay. happens all right but, well i'm yeah. gonna come sit in the press box then if there's yeah <laughs> i'll be your intern all right so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> folks stay tuned of course to streakinthelawn.com for uh some thoughts coming up about uh the miami game and 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 the recruiting class and lacrosse season we always uh we'll get get that content going for sure uh we'll be back next week to hopefully talk about at least one basketball win. Maybe they'll break the streak and win two in a row, or, well, this would make, of course, three in a row, considering we're coming off of a win, but uh, hoping for a little, a little more positivity, a little more, again, they're not, they're not out of it. It's like we said, we close things up every week the same way. They're not out of it. Basketball team working into the meat of this more, uh, more difficult ACC schedule though. So until then for everybody at the blog, I'm Pierce. Thanks for listening. Go Hoos.